The Angry Chicken is a production of AMOVE TV. Bookmark AMOVE.TV for more gaming and esports shows. The Angry Chicken is directly supported by listeners like you via patreon.com slash TAC. podcast about Hearthstone, Heroes of Warcraft. This is the Angry Chicken. Welcome back to TAC, everyone. I'm Garrett Weinzerl here with the full crew of Willie Dills Gregory and Jocelyn. Just Jocelyn. <laughs> well done, Garrett. You didn't screw it up, at least. You have a new last name, and I, I, I've already farted on it, which is hilarious. Like, my brain was just like, uh, blue screen. <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah, I know it. It's Kearney. Uh, Carney, but yeah. Carney, oh, sure. Carney. It's spelled like Carney. Okay, sure. <laughs> I'm like circus folk now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, 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 clowns uh, scared me a lot as a child, and actually still do, if I'm being honest. Uh, so I, I don't, I, I've never, I've never thought of circus folk and Jocelyn in the same uh, thought process. I can be scary. <laughs> <laughs> that was so convincing, right? That was the least, oh. yeah, scary way to say that. That's uh, that's my favorite line that Freddy Krueger says in Nightmare Four, and he just goes, "I can be scary." I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's it's you know it's just the most terrifying terrifying moment of every horror movie is when the when the when the, when the slasher has to convince you that they can be scary. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Well, well congratulations, by the way. I don't, we haven't done a show since this all happened, right? So no, no, we haven't. Well, thank you guys very much. Yeah, no, we. I feel like it's been forever since we've actually all three of us been together because I think Dills, you were out the week before, and then was. I was out, and yeah, so yeah, good to have the crew back. Yeah, now I need to find a reason to leave. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you're back, Joss. Thanks for joining us. I know you're a little under the weather today. I can't believe that I power tripped up to your wedding from like 85 degree weather to like 12 degree weather back to 85 degree weather and also didn't sleep for about a 48 hour period. And you're the one that got sick and I didn't. Uh, I can't believe it. I always get sick when I fly. Yeah, it's because I made the mistake of like being out in public for like a week in straight. And I don't remember the last time I've done that. So I feel like when I do it at conventions like DreamHacks and BlizzCons, it's kind of okay because I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of other people who don't go out a lot. So it's like we have no germs to share. But when I go out into like the general public, it's just, oh, uh, uh, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I uh, probably got back and probably got the flu. So, (laughs) you know what? You know what it is? All those wedding hugs. You know? Yeah. Oh, so many wedding hugs. I, I, I love my friends and family, but you're germ ridden and gross. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, rad. Well, I, I'm glad you're here because we've got a lot of Hearthstone news to cover, including a new esports format. So let's get into it. This week's Hearthstone news. Good news, everyone. <laughs> oh, no. 
All right. So after last Tuesday's episode, when Dills and I got in here, we're like, they're delaying telling us about the new format. Boo hiss. Uh, now we <laughs> yeah, know. we would have been able to talk about it on that show probably, but we had to wait <laughs> till Thursday. Yes, they, they did push it, which ends up being fine uh, because Jocelyn, you work in our study sports. So it's kind of it's, it's very much in your wheelhouse. I'm glad you're here to talk about it. I like to think they pushed it just for you. <laughs> well, I, I will be completely honest. I'm not really sure why they pushed the announcement because um, the the real big news out of this was the new format. But a lot of this stuff was just slightly more detail of what we had already heard when they made the official, like the original announcement. We had a pretty good idea um, how the different tiers of competition were going to work. And they didn't kind of fill in a lot of the blanks that we had, like how you qualify for the premier tier, whatever that was going to be called. Now we know it's Hearthstone Grandmasters. They didn't really tell us that. Um, I just, I feel like there's, um, there wasn't, didn't feel like there was a whole lot new other than the format in this announcement. Like they gave us, originally they said it was going to be a third party and now we know that's Battlefy. It's like, well, is that really news though? <laughs> like what was, what? I want to know what caused the delay. I'm really curious. <laughs> I'm Probably I'm, video production and things like that, I would guess. I mean, probably, they put out a yeah. little video for the format. and True. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm basing this off of nothing, but I would imagine that the layoffs played some role in it it could sure. be something as simple as just whoever's job it is to proofread. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it could be that simple. It could be something larger like, hey, uh, dude who ran cameras isn't here anymore and got angry and took the cameras with him. <laughs> like, who knows? <laughs> uh, we, we're not sure. That's but. true. I can't, again, like this whole month has been such a crazy blur for me. So I, I didn't forget about the layoffs because that, you know, makes me sound horrible and self-centered. But like, it's one of those things where it just fell off my radar a little bit. Like I forgot that there were layoffs that then led into this esports announcement. Like, cause uh, I don't know for sure, but I do believe the esports, the Hearthstone esports team specifically was, uh, was hit. So that could be part of it for sure. Yeah, everybody except for devs, basically. Yeah. It was all yeah. pretty much community facing jobs yeah. uh, that were cut and things like people who were working on websites and stuff. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a little bit, the show me and Garrett did that. I know you guys had talked about the layoffs the week that I wasn't yeah, here. Yeah, it was it was happening like <laughs> breaking news at the time as we were mm-hmm. recording. So yeah, but basically, like you know, my take on it is, well, if this makes development happen faster, okay, uh, it's still a super sad day though. I remember texting yeah. everybody I knew who worked at Blizzard, me like, "Are you okay? Are yeah. you safe?" Yeah, it's 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 weird. Like it's like I don't I don't I was having this like I don't want to bother them because I'm sure they're like losing their minds. But I like I'm also worried for my friends that work there. Well, yeah, you want to check in on your friends. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that going on, and you know. So by the way, this probably sounds weird, but after all that happened, I went and got more Blizzard stock. Mm. Well, from a strictly like Blizzard perspective, because guys, I watched actual American like stock market business news. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I went way above and beyond. And it seems like from a business perspective and from a stock perspective, they seemed the changes that they made seem to have a positive impact on the stock Stock holders. Stock yeah. holders. Yeah. And yeah. I know nothing about how stocks are evaluated, how they decide when it goes up and down, but 
whoever makes those decisions <laughs> seems to be happy. So I think well, yeah. it's yeah. a good time to buy. Like, I, I'm not, right I'm now. not giving any advice to anybody, but for no. me personally, I looked at it and I said, I don't think it's going much lower than this and they're upping dividends. I'm like, yeah, okay. If I could get in for a little cheap right now, then uh, uh, actually could be, it's a little, it's, it's got, it's risky though, man. When a company yeah. is going through something like this to be like, I'm jumping on board for more money. Uh, but well, you're basically it's, it's betting funny, on like, the I, I feel like I had to back up my cautious optimism, you know? Yeah. It's like they're, you're betting that the restructuring that they're doing will make them more have money in the long term and have a positive impact on the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically. I mean, I don't I'm think really anyone, that that's how it works out. I don't think anyone is arguing that this wasn't the, wasn't the goal. I mean, I think this was, was the goal of this this massive round of layoffs. I, I think a lot of us are just kind of in the, in the boat of, does this have to be the way that businesses are run? Yeah. So it's yeah. just uh, opening up a dialogue and like, God, I'm even like, like even my you know podcast I've been listening to for my entire life, like giant Bombcaster are, are talking about it. And they're just like, like I'm, I'm having to listen to them. But who like, I sort of listen to them just because they make me laugh like eight years ago. And they're on there having to be like, having really in-depth conversations about unionization and the conversations happening in that around the uh, the gaming industry it's just it's the ripple effects are everywhere weird right yeah. stuff i never paid attention to before ever ever <laughs> yep and stuff i am not an authority to speak on intelligently mm. uh, not a lot of unions in my employment history actually zero zero unions <laughs> have been involved in any job i've ever held so. But yeah, so it kind of derailed that conversation a little bit there. Sorry, guys. But yes, we no, did no, get right. esports news uh, with Hearthstone Masters that was delayed a couple days. But uh, they've they have now told us that it's called Hearthstone Masters, and the three different layers are qualifiers, tour, and then grand masters. Well, yes. it goes qualifiers, masters, grand masters, right? Three levels. Well, it's, yes. it's masters qualifiers, it's masters, masters tour. Masters. Grandmasters, Grandmasters. yeah, yeah. Uh, Grandmasters, they still haven't detailed. Uh, yeah. At the end of this, it says, "quote We're not quite ready to announce full details about Hearthstone Grandmasters, including qualifying criteria." But note that one way in which you can be invited to join us is via consistent top finishes at Masters Tour events, which subsides my concerns a little bit. Um, it does. <sighs> I guess I, again, I just, I wish we had more information about this because I, I think I said when it was first announced, like my big uh, concern with Grandmasters is it's going to be uh, mostly personality invites, which is not what I want out of my premier Hearthstone. What I want is the top performers. And since they haven't said exactly how they're going to invite people, um, I think it's, it's good that they're saying one way that you can be invited is consistent top finishes at tour events. But they didn't say, you know, how many slots is that? Do is a consistent top finish like first at everyone? Because like Hunter Ace did that, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> like well, first okay, but event after event after event. Like, they did uh, say so winning uh so to qualify for the Masters Tour events, we know how that's gonna happen. It's like you literally mm-hmm. just win one of the there's a million of these things, by the way. I know I went on the website and started registering for ones where I'm think I'm gonna be streaming that day. I'm just going to play in as many as I can. Yeah, uh, I think they said it's like 30 uh, online qualifying yeah. tournaments through Battlefy per week. But those yeah, are so also between like, March and April is the America's ones. Mm-hmm. But since they're online, like I could register for Asia Pacific ones if I have cards on that region. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
if I don't make it in, in America's and I want to keep trying, it's possible to do so. Yeah. But, uh, I would then have to potentially travel to Asia Pacific to play in the actual thing and they wouldn't pay for that. So that's not really what I'm going to do. Yeah. But, uh, no, but I mean, I think we know that the majority of the field, once we get to this grand masters is probably going to be coming from these qualifiers. I'm okay with them inviting people as long as it's a la the magic like hall of fame and the magic, like people who have qualified for the pro tour. Cause if they say, okay, like Muzzy and Hunter Ace and guys who have been doing well the past few years, if they don't qualify, we still want them in. That would be fine with me. But if they're like, we want rain ad, <laughs> like I'm going to be like, well, and that's um, that, that right there is my concern. Right. Yeah. But I, that seems like that's not going to happen. I, I, we don't know, but I feel like yeah. that would be really strange if that's, and that, that's just, that's the part of the 2019 esports announcement that I'm really kind of waiting for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they they haven't given us any details yet, so it's I, yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed, like that they gave us a big esports announcement announcement, but then didn't announce all their esports. <laughs> well, they announced dates. They announced. I, I, I feel like there's a lot here. I, I feel like it wasn't like we got nothing. I feel like mm-hmm. they still did. It, it was like one line of text at the bottom that said there may also be outside invites. Like it, but it was like, here's also how to qualify for these events, uh, like specifically up to the second tier anyway, the yeah. third tier. Then it was just like, but yeah, they haven't the thing from is- the second tier as well. And then one line of text, like, and we will essentially like we reserve the right to invite some other people if we want to. Uh, yeah, it just seems like they haven't detailed the what the third tier actually even is. Mm hmm. And then they also haven't said 100% like here's all the outline of how you move from tier two to tier three. Well, the, the third tier, essentially, from my understanding anyway, is just the final tournament, right? I mean, that, that's what it seems like to me. It's really just the world championships. It's just now. Well, we have no way of knowing that. I we think have, we have no Josh idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, it would be at. weird to me if they have this schedule that we've already got. And then all of a sudden they're like, OK, now the second round of Masters Tour events, like there's three and there's three on this little infographic i think that's kind of what they're referring to yeah it's but, like but one from each region i mean you could also have i, I don't know i mean because are you watch are we watching the qualifiers like is that a is that a big event are they broadcasting yeah. it well no not the not the because, online one because no. the qualifiers span two months two month chunks you've got march through yeah. april for the Maybe, first yeah, one we should probably we should probably go through exactly what all these three tiers are <laughs> Well, so you've got you've got the yeah, uh, so you've got Masters qualifiers, which is their what they're calling their entry level. This is what's going to be run through Battlefy because tournament mode is an impossible uh, task, um, and the the way they explain it is that each week uh, during a Masters Tour qualifying season, which according to the graphic that they've uh, put out is a two month chunk. But what's also confusing about this graphic is. It's two month chunks and it's region specific. Yeah. So the qualifiers that happen in March and April are specifically for the Vegas event in June. Then May and June is specifically for the August event in APAC. And then July and August is specifically for the October event in Europe. We don't know where those events are going to be yet, but that is the master's tour event. So the second tier of competition, essentially. Yeah. But it is it is kind of odd. And this this was my kind of big question when this first came out is that, you know, okay, so 
March and April count for my NA ladder. And then I get an event in June, but then I don't have anything else to do all year. And if I don't have collections or the ability to travel to Asia and Europe, like, right. Yep. That's my concern. Which, that that's, seems... I don't think that's a problem for pro players because of all the travel they were doing with the, um, Hearthstone championship tour last year. Like I think them traveling to three events over the course of the year is not going to be a big deal. Um, and this is, this is pro players, right? This is our esports. So, I mean, maybe it's not as big a deal as, as it seems, but it's like they tried to open it up to make it a lot easier for everyone to enter. But then at the same time, they said, oh, but at the end of this, you're going to have to travel outside of your region. So I don't know. It's just, it seems a little odd to me. I don't know. I think I'm okay with it. I'm okay with like, this is the American season. This is the Asia Pacific season. This is the Europe season. If you don't qualify for the Americas, well, sorry, we're we're, we're moving on to the next region. Because I, I feel like the grind being a 12-month grind for players is not necessarily just better. I, I don't know. I, I'm okay with it. It's like we know who we got from there. We know who we, now we'll find out who we get from here. As, as a viewer, it's going to be a lot better. I'm going to try to qualify in Americas and see what happens. And then if I don't, then I know like, okay, cool. I'm done. Uh, didn't happen. But then if you are like a pro who has the ability to travel somewhere else, then you do still have a shot. It's just it's going to be tough, right? So I, I, to me, I feel like this is fine. Uh, I wanted them to pare it down, and this this pared it down. So like I know, Gary, you talked a lot about there's just too much Hearthstone to watch. Well, that's not going to be a problem anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. For two I, months, I, I, you're going to be online qualifiers where unless a streamer streams it, uh, you're, it's not going to be broadcast, right? It's just going to be yes. like this Muzzy streaming it on his own channel, him trying to like grind out these these open qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, you know, whatever. But there also is, uh, we should mention that we thought ladder was basically going to matter zero, uh, but they did bring up that there's going to be end of the month tournaments for the top 200 legend players each month. Yeah, so, so they, they did kind of walk that back a little bit, which is nice. Um, yeah, and that's going to give you not just the winner, because the 30 tournaments that they're talking about, the winner is the only one that qualifies each of the, one of those right. tournaments. And so this ladder like tournament is top four. So Yeah, so basically 30 players a week will qualify through the online Battlefy tournaments, and then plus ladder people will qualify as well. So four players each month through that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we're going to end up with a pretty decent field here at the end um and i like i don't I, i'm just really happy that it's opened up to me because there was literally no way i could grind every month to have enough points to qualify for tournaments and then travel to all these tournaments and things like that all the travel was a huge barrier to entry yeah. for sure for but i can try i can log i can you know as somebody who streams three or four days a week and then works a couple days a week doing other stuff like i can stream me trying to do these qualifiers it gives me content, first of all, which is nice content that people probably want to watch. And it also gives me like a chance where I feel like, OK, like each day I can look at one of these online qualifiers. and I can say, all right, my goal today is just try my best in this one. And if it doesn't work, then I try again tomorrow. You know, it's like that kind of mentality feels a lot better to me than, OK, I wait, I get legend and then I wait till I'm like on the 30th and 31st. And then I don't sleep for two days. <laughs> I try to finish like top 10. And then I know that I have to be at DreamHack in July and I got to be, uh, you know, at this event in August. Like uh, to me, yeah. I'm like, this is actually a path that can be followed. Um, and that's what I think I've always wanted from them is just 
this is how to get in there. Good luck. Yeah. You know, but like here it is. It's detailed. I can go to a website. I can see click, click, click. There's a whole bunch of them already up there. Um, and I think it's just I don't know. It, it's a lot more laid out in a in a way that I can digest. And before it felt like this enigmatic way to qualify for things that I didn't quite understand. But it seemed like the same guys continued to do it. So I, maybe they got it and I didn't. And, you know, now it's just kind of a I don't know. It's it feels like here's this is. This is the rule book. Here's the qualifications. Go. Yeah. Even though we don't have information on the final tier, which I do wish we we had. I'm not. I'm not. I'm echoing that. But yeah, I, feel like- I, I I think the. I mean, there's multiple reasons why I'm not just assuming that grandmasters is some big end of the year thing. Is that is that yes, I was calling for these events to be pared down, but this looks sparse in terms of kind of flagship broadcasted events. We've got June, August, and October. Uh, it does it, seem like polar opposite from last year where there was yeah. a tournament every weekend for sure. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. which is is fine. Um, so my, my bigger concerns are like, how many of these are on the same damn expansion? Because that's actually, uh, June, August, October is relatively tight. Um, it might not be as bad as it has been in the past, especially if they keep up at the rate that they've been changing cards. Uh, but that's a concern of mine. But it also makes me think Grandmasters has to be more than one event, uh, which is why I am still very hung up on it and having no information about it. I would not be surprised if it's just it is the World Championships. So you think there's going to be four of four main esports events for 2019 and that's it? Mm hmm. Wow. Would not surprise me at all. Not one bit. There's also there is also global games, right? That's probably yeah, there's HGG. To come back. they're still doing the collegiate stuff the like they're still stuff. doing yeah they're still doing a bunch of stuff it's just I, I to me i feel like what this what this does though is it opens up the ability for uh you know and we haven't brought it up yet but it opens up the ability for more third-party people to kind of come back in because i think there was some push out going on where people were like well i want to put my event on i don't want to put it on opposite a tour stop right um if there's a lot less of that, it might influence things like the seat story cup and stuff to kind of come back in and be big fun events. Yeah, Especially no, when like America people are done qualifying. It's like, Hey, okay, now we can just play some events just for some cash money and the enjoyment of doing it. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, it's not, it's not all, all bad. I mean, we, since the, the, it, it's certainly not what it used to be, but since the canceling of the Heroes esports, there have been some very fun community-run tournaments that have popped up out of it, and it reminds me. I've of, been watching that, yeah, like that. Now it's it almost feels like positivity is reigning over Heroes esports. Yeah, because, it, I, like a band of merry men, like getting together and figuring it out. You know. Th- th- that being said, I do wish money would also reign over sure. Heroes esports. <laughs> yeah. Money's hard to come Almost by. no money yeah. in these prize pools. It's kind of the reason why Robin sad. Hood was the band of merry men is they had to steal from the rich to get the poor. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's 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 not all perfect. However, mm-hmm. some of the tournaments that have come out in the wake of Blizzard just not being involved have been highly entertaining. Um, and and Seed Story, I think, is a great example of it because I love Seed Story going all the way back to StarCraft Two, when they've kind of fired it up. Like those are really fun. Uh, more well, and we still we still had I think uh, two at least Seed Story cups that happened last year, but they definitely got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and and to a certain degree, I think so did HGG. I mean, it did for me, but HGG was going on. I'm like, I, why why should I care about this? There's so I can't even watch enough of the regular tournament. Um, 
to, to yeah stay on i know that was when that one came on that felt like the minor leagues of hearthstone to me when it came to esports where I, I had a lot less interest and that was something that was supposed to build that should be like the world cup of hearthstone you know what i mean like this is where i get to root for a country not just a player uh but it didn't feel that way it just felt like another hearthstone event is happening what like yeah now I, the the flip side of that is that DreamHack just announced that there was no Hearthstone this year. So while no Grand sitting, Prix. No Grand Prix, yeah. Yes. Which, Which is basically no Hearthstone this year. Like, that's <laughs> well, their we should, talk, we should talk about what it does mean. Like, it just means there's no, like, because we talked about a pre show a little bit, and I'll let Jocelyn explain more. But my understanding is there's no reason for pros to travel to DreamHack to try to qualify for anything. It's literally just kind of a local thing now. Like, if you are living in the town where DreamHack happens to be and you like to play Hearthstone, you can go and you can play Hearthstone, but this is not going to feed into HCT the way it used to. Right. So basically, uh, the cancellation of Grand Prix is like um, the removal of all the things like uh, the social media support, the Twitch stream, uh, all the production, um, the larger prize pools. So you're right. And, and no longer, obviously, they're not qualifying events, so they don't actually lead into the Masters um, I guess Hearthstone Masters, the way that they led into mm-hmm. HCT last year. So basically, there is a chance of smaller because um, I don't know if like if everyone listening has ever been to a DreamHack, but there's like a card section of DreamHack that has like a Hearthstone side event. It has um, Magic. It has Pokemon. It has like all kinds of things. There's a whole section of DreamHack devoted to card games. So basically, now um, it's going to be kind of like those side events yeah, part of that little section yeah, it's gonna not part, like its own so event. there is there's possibly still going to be so dreamhack tours has announced that they're having a hearthstone tournament but it doesn't have like there's no twitch, twitch stream production support casters like none of that so yeah. um and doesn't feed into the masters qualifiers in any way shape or form so so the way the magic stuff worked and i've you know i've been to a few dream hacks and it's basically just you go and there's like daily drafts. They'll be like on the hour. There's a new like draft starting and then there's two headed monster at four and blah, blah. And like, but it's very casual. It's very casual. Yeah. And I feel like that's where Hearthstone is going to fit in now. Right. It's like, cause the, the last time I went, um, you know, me, me and Amy went up and watched like, it had its own giant room with a huge setup of 200 computers and a stage and all this yeah. stuff. Basically that's just not going to be there anymore. Right. But there's like no, there going to be any official support for it. It's just it, it it's really no different than if you just decided to go meet up with your friends and play Hearthstone in person any other place any other time. Well, yeah. it's different than that. I mean, it's still it's just not a giant massive tournament because like the Magic stuff is still supported by DreamHack, but it's not it's not on the level, right? It's it, it, just yes. I just I I feel the need to paint that it is a chasm the size of the Grand Canyon in the difference of the events. And the we're difference talking about that it here. used to be yeah, but it's yeah. still like it's not like going to uh the the bar on tuesday that does weekly hearthstone events there's going to probably be like hearthstone all day every day type of things going on uh it's just not going to be it's not going to be professional esports at all it's right right like, you're going you're going you from, might fit in if you're a guy who's gets to rank five every month and like that might be more fun for those types of people because you know i remember you know i think joss you played in did you play in a dream hack or was it i did played, yeah. i played in uh, i played in one Montreal, it was intimidating in toronto right? yeah and yeah. I actually in Toronto, my round one was against a Dimian and I was and he ended up winning the event. And I was just like, 
I am not prepared for this. <laughs> he won the whole thing. He won the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I played. I played four matches, and two of them were pros, like Jab and uh, another pro from China who was there. So you know, it was definitely intimidating. I would. I feel like when DreamHack comes back to Austin. I'm going to actually like because this last year I We're went. We're not I did doing not Austin this year. Oh, it's Dallas this year, right? It's Dallas, yeah. <laughs> yeah ooh, ooh, Dallas sucks. Sorry. Why would you do Dallas? Dallas uh, anyway. Tiger. Uh, sorry, anybody from Dallas. <laughs> Down does kind of suck. Uh, so, <laughs> but like this might down. be something because I go and I play a lot of Magic at DreamHack. I, I probably play a lot more Hearthstone now because basically what I did the last year is. I just watched all the Hearthstone and then I just walked around, but there was no real incentive for me to play in the tournament anymore. This might be more fun for me. I don't know. It, it feels to me like it's okay. I totally get why they cut all support because, you know, I like what, what do they do about heroes, by the way, when all that happened? Because when DreamHack, two, when Garrett, you came, uh, was that three years ago or something like that? I mean, yeah. that was that had a huge stage and a big deal and all this production. I think they cut heroes a while ago. I, don't even I was going to say, yeah, as long as I've been working for DreamHack, we haven't had heroes. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was before yeah. HTC shut down or H. Yeah, HTC shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the biggest stuff now is like what Counter Strike and League. PUBG had a huge thing last year. I remember. I wonder if there's um, going to be an Apex Legends thing. Probably. <laughs> it's the new hot. It's the new hotness, right? So. And there's uh there's there's car soccer that's very yeah, popular. Rocket League. <laughs> Rocket League car yeah. soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, car soccer yeah. is real and popular. Actually, everyone who was concerned, because I did get some messages on Twitter when this stuff came out. Um I, I am still working for DreamHack. I just I got moved over to Rocket League. So All that's right. that's where I'm at now. <laughs> car soccer. <laughs> Rocket League is doing well as an esport from what, yeah, what I can and- tell. They've got a whole uh, uh, four events with DreamHack. There's a whole like Premier League thing that they're doing, and it's really cool. So, by the way, does that feed into something that's officially done by the uh, the game company, or is that uh, it's partnered? Dependent? It's partnered. They are partnered with Psionics, okay. but it doesn't lead into like RLCS or anything like that. Okay, all right, interesting. That's that's the thing. It's like I feel like maybe Hearthstone. I don't know if the company being like a hundred percent proprietor of the esports scene is always the best thing i mentioned this on the show I don't, before, yeah i don't think that it it's necessarily that like competition at these events needs to lead into the larger whatever world championship competition the company happens to run like i don't think they necessarily have to feed into it but having the support of the company is a really big deal yeah no absolutely i, I just think that when it's an actual branch of the company then when the people in charge of the financials start to look at things like this. I, I get the sense that they look at something like esports as just a suck on the, on the finances and not, not the benefits. You know what I mean? When the people who are making decisions, when it comes to money, start to look at these things from just, you know, is this in the red or the black, this division, yeah. this esports thing, whereas like esports companies, esports teams and things like that don't really look at the finances in the same way because they're more of a long-term type of investment. Whereas a company is like, quarterly, we need growth. End of the year, we need growth. And that's maybe not the people who are supposed to be in charge of something like esports, which is a little bit more of a long-term type of thing. It's going to see you know, dips and then eventually get back into the black because of things like sponsorships and like the finality of the excitement of your big final event. I, like it just seems like those two things compete against each other because of how American business works. Mm-hmm. 
And it is really hard too for, um, and uh, this kind of almost goes back to the layoffs talk, but it's really kind of hard with something like community or esports to kind of, since you don't actually make a product that then is sold. So you can say like, here's the thing I do that made us X number of dollars. Mm-hmm. Having esports might make it so that more people are interested in your game and then therefore go and buy card packs or whatever. That's theoretical, right? (laughs) Exactly. It's really hard to actually sit down and prove, you know, like we had a master's tour event in June and therefore 5,000 extra people bought packs. Like you can't ever really draw that conclusion. Like all of it is very, very theoretical. So it becomes like the easiest thing to cut basically. And then usually what happens is they cut way back and then they go, oh, crap, that actually did impact our bottom line and then ramp up again. Or they put out or they put out surveys that send everyone into a panic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How much you would care about the game if they didn't have esports at all. But yeah, I I can't I can't remember. I've talked about the blizzard layoffs so many different places. I don't even know where I brought up certain things, but I think esports that's a big conversation that everyone's having right now is is. Did Blizzard double down on it too much? You know, mm. of 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 the studios creating the esports out of nowhere, uh, basically in line with the game launching, versus letting it actually develop on its own. Uh, and, and you know, you look at something like Heroes, where it never got the chance to have its own grassroots esports because Blizzard just immediately out the gate. So they're like, here you go, HGC. I loved it. It was yeah. amazing. It was the the esport I wanted to watch the most at BlizzCon. I'm not knocking it at all. I thought it was very well done. Um, but it, it, you know, there's that versus what happened with Hearthstone. I, I, I think I did bring it up because I think last week I said when Eric Dodds was in charge of this, of this game, it seemed like he did, was actively fighting against it being played competitively. Like he seemed completely mm-hmm. out of sync with what the player base wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so Hearthstone was like the last Blizzard esport we saw grow out of the community because Overwatch and Heroes just came out ham-fisted like this is gonna be a thing and from the sounds of the earnings call it sounds like they throw even more money into overwatch esports which i just think is bananas and dumb but that's my opinion what do i know yeah i i, I think uh i think they they did go from zero to 60 pretty quick there and now i think they're probably just you know they put the blinker on they're moving into the right lane and they say <laughs> yeah okay maybe we need to slow it down just a little bit here because we we kind of took off a little bit fast but because they they went yeah they literally like thought that it, no one was going to care about this as an esport the first tournament ever was streamer invite crypt versus uh freaking what's his name missing lethal uh wreckful like at, <laughs> you know what i mean like artosis was the first ever champion yeah. uh yeah, and that, so and that's it was, you know, it's like I do remember you're right. Like Heroes, the very first year was like a massive stage, and you know we had Tempo Store. Who was it? It was a uh, Cloud Nine was like the the top team at the time. Oh, for Heroes, yeah, yeah like yeah. that first year wasn't it Cloud yeah. Nine? Yeah. yeah, it was Cloud Nine. Dung Train and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. like yeah, they they so, just came out the bat like you know just okay here we go. Uh, I think Hearthstone might have gone a little hard needs to do a little course correction and i hope that kind of where we end up with is you know 2019 might be a little bit of a funky year because it's the first year we're seeing this much change 2020 might be the year where we course correct properly i like to me it just feels like this is okay i'm not mad about this i just i just just hope that very shortly we kind of settle into a system that works Yes, it feels like we've had a lot of different tumultuous times in Hearthstone esports where almost every year it's been different. 
you know, mm-hmm. like we used to have our world championships at BlizzCon and then they moved everything around and we had standard rotations. And, you know, last year, then everybody had to travel everywhere. And this year, like there's less travel, but uh, more online qualifiers again. And it just like, I just want them to find whatever works and then be able to stick with it year over year. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. And uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up too, is that I look at this and in, 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 I think whether Grandmasters ends up being a multi-event thing or a one-event thing is is kind of irrelevant uh, because I think even even if like at the max we get th- three or four Grandmasters events, it's still a pretty spread out calendar of official major Hearthstone esports events. Is I look at this and, and and in that conversation of how much should you should the company be involved with esports? To me, this looks like the trend of how hands off can we be with it. You know, because if, if the majority of this calendar is, brought, is taken up by the online qualifiers, are players going to stream it? Is it going to be like we've been watching the Wild Open where it's just like, oh, oh, you mean I just have to watch players who decided to stream their games, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's been on the forefront of my mind because Apex Legends came out and the first tournament they had for that was Twitch Rivals. I know it's nothing new, but it's the first time I ever watched the Twitch Rivals event. And I was like, oh, hey, they're just capturing from the streamers streams, which... Mm-hmm is ingenious. I don't think it's the best way to run a tournament. Not, not, not at all. I, I think Apex has a long way to grow in terms of its format, but I think it's an ingenious way to run it uh, for, for, from a, you know, the outside looking in. It looks very cost-effective. Well, I think it's a great way to do it for Hearthstone because the, the uh, spectator sucks, so let's <laughs> just watch the streamers who put up you know real nice little overlays. It, it would still be difficult for Hearthstone because of the other other hand like you want that information of what the other yeah, player but when you want to qualify you're not going to watch the other hand at all you're just going to watch yeah but, it's going to be like watching us like me stream yes you know. yes you're right it's, which it's, is, it's a different style of thing which is yeah. which, which you know i am a person who who's not particularly into that i don't watch a lot of personal streams uh it's, i'm i usually i tend to only use twitch for the produced tournaments uh, but clearly, I am a minority. Uh, this is how a lot of people consume video games, uh, is just watching personal streams. So it does make sense uh, that we may trend this way. Uh, I, I, even though it's not something I like to consume, I think it's kind of smart. Yeah, we'll see if that ends up cropping up as a way for people to watch these qualifiers. Yeah. We still haven't even touched on specialists, by the way. No, we haven't. Really uh, yeah, I think that's a good stopping point. Uh, still got to wait and figure out what the hell Grandmasters is. Um so more on that when they finally tell us about it. Uh, anyway, they also detailed the new format that will be used in this whole new Hearthstone Masters uh, esports, and it's called Specialist. Um, no, it's it's not Zagara from Heroes of the Storm, sadly. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to go through this bullet point by bullet point in case you didn't read it. Uh, players are going to submit three decks from the same class. So there you go. <laughs> uh, and one deck must be designated as the primary deck, and then the other two as what they call secondary and tertiary. And the secondary and tertiary decks may have up to five cards different from the primary deck. This is essentially sideboarding. Kind of. It predetermined sideboarding. Yep. Well, locked, locked and, in and sideboarding. Like, yeah, pre- Preset, right? So the the reason why sideboarding becomes so interesting is because even if you have a 10-card sideboard, which is what some people are calling the specialist format, you can say, 
I'm going to put in one of these 10 cards or five or all 10 or whatever, which creates a whole lot more permutations on what your deck can actually be versus like you literally have three decks. That's that's it. They differ by up to five cards, but like you can't actually decide, oh, of those five cards, I actually only want two of those cards. I want the other three to be the same as my primary deck. You can't make those decisions in the middle of the tournament. So it's like sideboarding light. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to put it. Um, so. I, I don't know. I'm not convinced that it's sideboarding light. I, I think that it's... I do agree with you that those decisions, when you play like a Magic tournament... So the Magic sideboarding is 15 cards which we should also point out your mana base is going to be like 22 to 25 of the 60 cards yeah, in your main ma deck. Yeah, it makes way so more 15, sense because of the size of the decks and getting mana screwed or flooding. Sure, sure, but like 15 out of... But I mean, your, your sideboard could have like mana. You can be like, okay, in this matchup, I just need to make sure I have more mana. Uh, but, you know, like most of the time, you're talking about like 15 out of like 40-ish plus cards, right? Like 40-something-ish cards, not... 15 out of 60, right? So yeah. it's a huge percentage of of the deck there. But <clears throat> a lot of times your sideboard decisions are going to be, I just need to put in these four duresses, which is a card that allows you to like mess with the opponent's hand, right? Things like that. Like you're not actually putting in, you know, all 15 cards after game one, right? You're just putting right. in a, a section of them. So the secondary and tertiary always being five cards different, or at least whatever you've decided is the difference, predetermined, means that your second and third options, each time you select them, are going to be fairly different. So deciding to make the swap or which deck to swap to is always going to be a fairly large decision rather than I'm just taking two cards and swapping them out for these two cards. Uh, so it, it, I think it's actually the second and third games are going to be quite different than what you're used to in a magic sideboard where the first game you get the main decks. The second game is still fairly close to what the first game was as far as matchups are concerned. Um, and I, and I understand this is probably not what most people look at it and think, but it just looks to me like these decisions are going to be massive. Like the, you know, the, the scope, like the decision-making probable or possibilities are smaller. There's only two, <laughs> Instead of, you know, I could choose out of these 15, but each, like, those two decisions are huge, right? So, I, I don't know. Like, I look at it, and I'm like, I'm in a, of a wait and see on how this actually works. Does, is this totally suck compared to sideboarding in, in Magic, or is this the necessary way to do it in a game like Hearthstone? Where if I had just 10-card sideboards, would it always just be, I have an Ooze, I have a Big Game Hunter, I have a whatever, and then I just, like, swap in the exact cards I need, which are, in Hearthstone massive swing cards so instead like i need to make a decision based on what archetypes i think are coming and then when i need to swap decks it's actually going to be a pretty big decision like if, if i'm doing this i really need to think about this right and i've seen a lot of sample sizes so far where it's like uh one version of it is like a mechathune version and one version is just a pure control version so the decision is not you know you would think like mechathune would not be the card you'd take out but instead it kind of is because it's not necessarily that I'm making a tech choice. It's that I'm changing what my changing actual archetype, my archetype is. Yeah. And yeah. that, that was going to be my point is that in Hearthstone, like you brought up magic and kind of the ratio of like 15 to 40. And I kind of wish that maybe even like seven cards would possibly be enough. Cause my big worry about changing between um, secondary and tertiary decks with only five card difference is that classes like Druid 
that have a very large core might possibly dominate because it's easier to change from like with five cards from one druid archetype to another, which you mm -hmm. can't really do in a class like say priest, right? So if we have classes that have a very, very large core that then allow me with five cards or less to change totally what I'm doing, then we're gonna see tournaments of like druid <laughs> and everyone's gonna be on druid. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, that, that I think is why it concerns me that they just made this call without us getting to watch a bunch of tournaments with this format already. There was um, back in 2017, they experimented with specialist in TESPA. And it yeah, really I know, but it's that's still just like one tournament. And like, yeah, like I kind of yeah. wish that it had a period of time to, to see this in action. Also, yeah. back in 2017. Say, okay, we like it. It works. But it just feels like we're making a massive change. None of you have really seen this in action. Uh, you know, and if it needs to be tweaked to seven cards, I hope that they would be willing to yeah. pivot in the middle of the season because I think the most important thing here is to get it right. But yeah, I don't know. I, we're, I'm going to try doing a DH, a Dillionaires DHL style one off thing with some, just because I need to play it a little bit. Because I'm going to be trying to do these qualifiers. That's what this format is being used for the qualifiers yeah. for this year. Um, but you're right. Like it's going to affect what types of what classes people can bring. I think you could bring like a clone priest and you could decide, well, this one has Witchwood Grizzlies and this one doesn't, right? Like this one's a defensive one against aggro decks and this one's like a pure OTK, your control deck type of thing. You could do stuff like that. But I think, yeah, you're going to see, I think you're going to see like a lot of Hunter where it's mm -hmm. like this one, I throw in two Dire Frenzies because you're a mill, you know, or a yeah, deck that's trying to make me draw all my cards or you're a control warrior where I'm trying to fatigue me like, I, I am concerned about that. That we're going to see a lot of sameness. Yeah. In tournaments where it's a concern for sure. A lot of the same deck. Yeah, but I mean, clearly there's there's been challenges with the two most popular formats we've been playing for years now. So I mean, this is yeah, they're not perfect. Yeah, my my gut reaction to the specialist is that I think this is a really cool format. Uh, I'm actually probably the most excited I've been in a very long time to watch some Hearthstone esports. Uh, I did not. Oh, know. I can't wait for the Tespa first. Tespa did this in 2017. Yeah. I had no idea that was a thing. Um, so, yeah, this is this is all. Well, and me. I mean, even even looking back at Specialist at Tespa in 2017, I mean, that was literally, you know, a year and a half ago, and a totally different meta. And it's even really hard to to know what the meta is going to look like because we're going to get a standard rotation in the middle of these qualifiers for NA, and like it's it's really hard to evaluate this format because like Dill said, there hasn't been a whole lot of testing. There hasn't been a whole lot of testing lately. And I, I do wish that they had told us a little bit further ahead of time. Like we're what, like three days away from the start Starting of the to qualify. qualify. Yeah, no, it's yeah. coming. It so, will give an advantage to people who are good at adapting on the fly though, which yeah. is a, a skill you should be able to have. So, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, we're going to, Give it a week. We're going to have a specialist meta where people are going to understand what's good and bad. And and then that will evolve over time. Because like you see with, uh, you know, weekly tournaments and magic where week one of a new expansion, you see, oh, like all these aggressive token decks are in the top eight. And then all of a sudden, like week two, it's, it's control decks that countered all the token decks. And then like week three, it's like, now we've got combos. And, you know, like you just see this kind of movement. Whereas I think in Conquest and Last Hero Standing, you saw 
Like some people made decisions to try to target archetypes, but for the most part, you just saw the four strongest decks. And this time you might see a little more. It's not that I picked the strongest deck. I picked the deck that counters the strongest deck. And then that got me there. And now I picked the counter to that. And then you're going to, I think it makes me wish that there were a little more tournaments just early on so that I could mm -hmm. watch it happen. But you will, this will happen. I think I do believe this will happen. I don't think we're just going to see Hunter V Hunter for the next eight weeks of it or whatever. I hope so. I really do. <laughs> Let's say, I definitely hope that's not the case. That would, uh, that would be awful. <laughs> it would be really strange to me if that is how it worked out because you can definitely counter classes, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this, you know, to me, this looks, this is more similar to our at home experiences to Hearthstone, which is what I've been wanting. I was hoping that they would actually add something to the game as opposed to just mm. change the way they do esports, but. Uh, I that's that's my biggest critique of this is like why couldn't you have put why couldn't you have coded this option into the game so I can play this? Yeah, we're still again, once again, yeah. it's like it's closer to the latter experience, but it still ain't yeah. it's still not. Like we still don't have a way to play this at home, and there's no even hint that anything like that is coming in this announcement. It's like this is really cool. I wanna make three decks in my account and then opt into a best of three or something of that nature. Well, it would be sweet if you could make your primary deck and then instead of making a whole new deck in a new deck slot, you could just have a drop down on that primary deck mm -hmm. and swap out cards and then it could say secondary and tertiary and then you could just have 18 decks where there's three versions of each one and now I can go on the ladder and play best of threes if I want. And, but yeah. Well, that's, that's the other thing that we should mention about this specialist format is that they have changed from best of fives to best of threes yes. for all the qualifiers. So whether that's the master's qualifier, or the ranked ladder qualifiers, that's all best of three, as well as the master's tour events are also best of three, except for the finals that are best of five. So I think if you're doing one class, though, best of five is just ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah. like, I, would would not want to watch, like I would not want to watch best no. of five all the way through all of this. And it's going to make the tournaments go fast. Yeah, move the matches along so yeah. you get... Uh, the, you know, like this I guy wins with this class, and then he plays somebody else. And I don't gotta yeah. watch three, three or five games of this yeah. matchup. Don't need to. I think I'm just. Uh, I think with the with the change from the four classes, like bringing four classes and having a ban, as well as a change to a best of three, I'm a little bit potentially worried about like how consistent players are going to be able to be like just with more matches in a best of five. You just you're going to have less. You know, you're going to fall victim to RNG a whole lot less potentially so well it's going to we'll make see. your deck choice really really important because you can't just like have decent matchups and stuff and then outplay the guy like it's mm -hmm. going to be the i i think personally and this is going to we're going to wait and see on this too but i think yeah. personally people who make meta reads are going to do really really well not necessarily technical players mm-hmm but like, imagine like a guy who is a really good technical player who brings like topsy turvy priest and says, "I think I could beat anything with this deck." Right? Like, that's going to be kind of interesting to see. Like, there's going to be people who are like, "I have a deck I think can beat anything," and that's what I'm going to bring. And then they're really... going to have to make a couple of interesting tech choices. And then we're going to like test that theory, right? Like with this deck. The other thing that, that I've seen brought up too, which is really interesting, is. Um, a guy like Fibonacci could never, ever really compete because he's such a specialist, right? Now he could just be like, yeah, no, sweet. I'm a warrior specialist. I bring warrior. Yeah. And we get to watch him play friggin' warrior, which like I, I really forever like, he yeah, qualify for these tournaments and then he'd fall on his really, ass with his shaman deck. 
that was one of the things that people hated about Last Hero Standing, though, is like that you would only see like one deck and people could win with just one deck. And that was the big call for conquest is like, Oh, specialists can't win with all things. You have to show more skills. You can't just be a specialist. And now we're back to, okay, maybe specialist is a, is a better, more entertaining way to, well, it, so. yeah. the card changes. But it is better because helps. the other guy couldn't be a specialist, right? You beat his first deck and then he couldn't play his best deck anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not true now. Right. Yeah, it's something we haven't really talked about in a very long time. But in the early days, we, you know, there was that conversation of what, what was your, you know, what's your main deck? We don't have those conversations anymore. I mean, like think of Amaz, who back in the day was like, oh, he's a priest player. No one else is playing priest. I'm gonna go watch Amaz's stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that just doesn't. There's been a ton of these guys, yeah. Like forcing mm-hmm. with Miracle Rogue and all these guys. Like there's been times where it's like, I want to see that guy play that deck. Oh, yeah. exactly. And, and so when that's, last year standing, they'd play their best deck first game, and then one guy would lose with it. And now it's like, well, now he can't be the specialist and priest anymore. Now he has to right. figure out how to mage at you. Right. Like, so yeah. so I, I think uh, I think that the 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 secondary and tertiary is going to leave enough room for it to not get so stale. But we'll we'll have to see. I, I mean, we, I've already seen conquest feel stale. I've already seen last year's standings feel stale. So that they're not perfect answers either. Uh, at first glance, I like this. I like the idea of looking at, you know, the the current pros and future, you know, pros that come out of this new uh, system, and and thinking of them as the class that they play. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And then you know, when people have to come out of their comfort zone a little bit because they want to make a meta call, that'll be interesting to talk about too. There's going to be a lot of interesting storylines. So I, like I said, I it's I don't think I'm this is end all be all, but yeah. <laughs> Cautiously, cautiously optimistic, I think, is the term I use. I mean, <laughs> I'm, 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 I would, I would say I'm a notch above that. I'm optimistic, but for the love of God, put a best of three mode in the game. What are you doing? This game's been out forever now. If it turns out to be badass, then what? Yeah, what the hell are you doing if you don't? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Please and thank you. Uh, before we move on to the not so secret Hearthstone sub, let's uh, take a quick break and thank our sponsors for today's episode. Hello Fresh. They're back. You can check out HelloFresh over at HelloFresh.com slash TAC60. Uh, we love HelloFresh here because they, they keep us fed and they keep us fed with, with fresh food that is definitely of much higher quality than I would have cooked if left to my own devices. Uh, and they can do the same for you. They, you know, Achieving your 2019 goals is as easy as enjoying delicious home-cooked meals with HelloFresh. Uh, you know, fresh pre-measured ingredients and easy follow, uh, easy to follow six step pictured recipes are delivered straight to your door each week in special insulated boxes. Again, I live in a literal swamp that gets extremely hot and, uh, it's fine. If this box sits on my front porch the entire day, you pop it open and you're like, Oh my God, the meat's still cold. Yeah. The ice at the bottom is a giant thick chunk of ice and the meat is underneath it. And it's always good to go. Yeah, it's, it's very it's it's very well engineered. Uh, all the meals come together in 30 minutes max. They call for less than two pots and pans and require minimal cleanup. I can attest to this. I don't even have that many pots and pans, so it's a big boon for me. And there's three plans to choose from. They've got the classic veggie and family with the option to switch between for when your tastes change. Uh, also, the app just makes this really easy. Uh, there's a lot of meals I've had with HelloFresh that I, that I really like, but I also like that I get to go on the app, see what's coming next week, and even kind of customize uh, what's going to show up in my box? Yeah, I definitely have some favorites now. That uh, what was the what was the thing that we both took pictures of? Was it, it was the, like the sausage? Oh, uh, yeah, it was with the orzo and the sausage, yes, and you melted the cheese orzo. on top oh of it. Oh my god, so good! 
I have, this, I have this an orzo. should be that every day. <laughs> I have an <laughs> orzo obsession because of HelloFresh. It's a problem. Yeah. Is an absolute yeah. problem. So uh, check him out. And if you would like a total of $60 off, that is $20 off of your first three boxes, go to HelloFresh.com slash TAC60 and enter the code TAC60 at checkout. Again, it's it's basically like receiving six meals for free. Uh, you'll get $20 off your first three boxes by going to HelloFresh.com slash TAC60 and using the code TAC60 at checkout. We thank them for their support. We thank you for going to HelloFresh.com slash tax 60. By the way, they should also, uh, if you use this code, tweet at us and then use the hashtag that that lets HelloFresh know that you bought it and then you took pictures of your beautiful food. Hashtag HelloFreshPicks, which I didn't know was their official hashtag. So now I got to start using that. Because every, <laughs> every time I make a meal with them, I'm so proud of myself at the end. I have to share it on the It actually internet. looks like the picture. It never happens. Yeah. Never happens. I gotta start doing that. I gotta start putting like the, the the picture of what it's supposed to look like next to my version, and being like, "Look, I did it. Look at this." Because I'm always it, amazed. I'm always like, I feel like I did a magic trick. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so not too much to say on this, obviously, because nothing has come out. But there is a not so secret Hearthstone summit happening right now. Uh, <laughs> I had multiple people ask me if I was at a thing for Hearthstone this weekend. I'm like, nope. No, like, do not. you see my face? <laughs> do, you, do you see me there? I'm not there. Like, uh, how many people are there if they're like wondering, like, where's Garrett at? Like, there's, <laughs> there's like a thousand people here. What's going on? Yeah. Um, I think some of them may also have been people who found out about it but aren't necessarily there and were like, hey, are you, are you there? And I'm like, nope, nope. Only reason I know about it is people asking me if I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been confirmed that the Hearthstone Summit going on and uh, it's most likely about the next standard year. I yeah, like, they do these from time to time. Yeah, the last one I remember was the Old Gods one. Uh, I There's been a lot more since then. <laughs> Have there? That's the last time I remember one being talked about publicly. Mm. Ah. Well, then I'm not going to say anything because I'm not sure if it's a thing I'm supposed to know about then. <laughs> but did you go to it? No, I did well, not then go. you can say whatever you want because you didn't sign no damn NDA. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's going on. So, I mean, it. I believe tomorrow it was tweeted at us. I did not fact check this, but if, if whoever tweeted at us is correct, tomorrow is like the is, is a full year since Year of the Raven was announced. Yeah, I would expect, though, that Thursday would be when we'd see something. Thursday right? does seem to be the day for big Hearthstone announcements. Yeah. yeah. So I'm expecting something on Thursday, the 28th. But I think it's, we're going to hear be something. Soon, right? Like <laughs> soon TM, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, but okay, so. If they're having a summit, you know, we were talking about this before the show, that probably means more than an expansion is being announced here, right? Because mm, I don't know. Because they've, I'm, had, they've I, had summits just for expansions. Feels. They've had summits just for I mean, the one, the one I remember uh, yeah. is Old Gods. And I remember people coming back from it be like, yeah, they had us play decks. They had like five new cards in it. <laughs> it yeah, much I know. Yeah. But okay, so it is. But this is the new or the first expansion of the new year right so i mean i guess yeah. that could just be it like when we do a big rotation we invite a bunch of people for a thing yeah maybe i mean i'm certainly that's all hopeful. that it is but i'm just hopeful that we're gonna hear something else because... yeah I, I'm, I'm definitely hopeful that it is more than just here's here's what's rotating out here's what's going to the hall of fame here's the new expansion name and maybe a couple cards like new yeah. game mode please new game mode new game mode the timing of this after xr's whole tweet extravaganza too means something to me i don't know i i 
Yeah, really? Well, oof, I don't know. Yeah, because if Pixar is asking, like, that shit ain't coming to pass anytime soon. No. Well, no, but I mean, it's like, okay, w- he had a bunch of feedback, and now let's get, let's deep dive a little bit more into that. So, yeah, like, yeah, I don't mean that, like, one of those things that wasn't on the table before is now suddenly going to come out a week later. But I if mean, if anything, like, I feel like maybe Pixar's tweet might um, drive some discussion. Yeah, like it was a pre-game yeah. for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, who, I mean, it's also XR's personal Twitter. Maybe it was just on his mind. He's like, I want to know what everyone Maybe. I feel like spending my entire morning drinking Bobo reading uh, over a thousand replies. It that's felt weird. pretty calculated, though. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like Blizzard's, they locked their people down enough I mean, that you would have to ask permission for something like that. I know? mean, I spent the end of 2018 saying y'all are a bunch of tinfoil hat conspiracy uh, conspiracy, conspiracy theorists and uh, you're all losing your minds and drawing connections where there probably aren't any and it's not the end of the world and there's not big uh, earth-shattering things happening over a blizzard. And I was completely wrong! <laughs> so, I, yeah, I'm... It, ugh, blizzard is turning me into a conspiracy theorist because, uh, yeah... Expect the unexpected. Or expect the expected, I think is what you're saying. Because, sure. you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're drawing, if you're Charlie Dang and you've got the red yarn out between Ixar and all the other <laughs> junk that's been happening in Hearthstone and Blizzard in general, then... You gotta find Pepe Sylvia! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly I got don't. a box of Pepe! <laughs> Wild card! <laughs> so. Now we're just going to do a uh, It's Always Sunny podcast. I hope everyone enjoys the shift. <laughs> yep. Um, so who knows? Uh, I'm sure we'll hear very soon. Mm-hmm. Maybe Thursday. We're not going to do a special podcast. Don't tweet at me. We'll see you next Tuesday. It's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> uh, Wild Open International uh, has has taken place. Uh, all of the decks have been collected. Thank you, Hearth Pone. And uh, there's some cool decks in here. I know, Dills, you were very, very excited about Mooner, uh, Mooner's Big Priest. Yeah, Mooner won the whole thing, Chinese player. He was also apparently training to become a, a pilot of some sort. So, like, they didn't have him live. They just had a picture of him, and he was in his, like, little pilot uniform. Uh, and he That's was, really cool. <laughs> yeah. He was saying that he didn't. Cause so, China, the way it worked for their qualifiers, they didn't have a tournament. It wasn't finished top 100 on the ladder in January. It was finished top one and two on the ladder in January. So apparently he finished one and now he won tournament. So I guess technically he is the wild champion of 2019, but <laughs> yeah, it's not like a uh, quite, quite the journey it takes to become the, the standard Hearthstone champion, but still very cool. He played a very different lineup than anybody else. Uh, so he, he did have a big priest, which by the way wasn't really that popular. He was as much uh, grief as Barnes gets in Wild. Big priest wasn't actually brought by a lot of people because it, a lot of people were just super aggro decks, right? You got a lot of odd paladins, you got a lot of burn mages, uh, odd rogues. There was a, a, an aggro druid, so much stuff like that. And um, Mooner brought an odd warrior that got banned every single step of the way. Because everybody was aggro. So he made a really good call there because then it let the other three decks through. His other decks were Odd Paladin, Big big Priest, which I use air quotes because it's more like a a cloning gallery style priest, but without the cloning gallery instead with the barns and the the ways to, you know, the resurrects and things like that. But it still ran Malagos and Velen to try to OTK you with Mind Blast. And then he had a Mechathune Warlock, which was actually 
super friggin' cool and so many times looked like it had no chance to win and just somehow pulled it out, right? Um, there was one game specifically where his only out was to tap into Void Caller. He was at like eight life or something. And mm-hmm. the only chance he had was to tap into Void Caller, get a Void Caller, sacrificial packed it, and get like a Void Lord onto the board. That's exactly what happened. It was insane. He made some insane reads during the games as well, where he, uh, you know, he he played around really specific scenarios that it turned out the other guy did have. So you know, he brought a, a really interesting lineup, played really well, won the dang tournament. So congratulations to Mooner. I I was not aware of him at all. Apparently, he's a standard player who just decided to come over and try to make this happen. And so that's really cool that uh, it worked out. And we had a saucy mailman on last week who talked about how cool it was for the wild community that a bunch of standard players came over and essentially helped evolve their meta in a pretty big way. Yeah, because, you know, I I think a lot of wild players look at the game in this one way. Standard players came over and brought a bunch of innovation because they were playing newer standard decks and then figuring out how to adapt them into the wild format, right? So a lot of things that wild players weren't even really trying were suddenly being seen in wild. Uh, like this big priest that doesn't just run, you know, statues and and Ragnaros and stuff. It just runs like the OTK package. Um, so yeah, very cool, really fun tournament to watch. You should go watch the VOD if you didn't watch it. It's uh, it took all friggin' day, but the casting was great. You had Cora, you had Dane, uh, a Strife Crow was casting, I think too. So yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Good time. Awesome. Well, we've got links to all of this. It's at Hearthbone, but if you want to go directly, amove.tv slash TAC, find the episode 303 post. It's always linked at the bottom of the episode post. Uh, now let's move into this week's strategy segment as I shuffle to bring up my, uh, my, my soundboard. There it is. Hit it very hard. You want to blow something up? <laughs> Time to pay! We mentioned it in uh, the episode we did following the nerfs uh, when we kind of detailed all of the different decks that have been popping up in the wake of the card changes. Uh, But today we're going to do a deep dive into Wall Priest because your games should sometimes take a long time. (laughs) And end in a flurry by dealing, you know, 128 damage to your opponent. Yep. Uh, The amount of times I sit here, I'm just like, oh, man, this isn't going to happen. Then I get my silence and I'm like, oh. I can just do 48 damage this turn. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next game. Or you can Shadow Madness there. Uh, Shadow Void Madness Lord. has yeah. been key. <laughs> yeah, it's super fun, too. It's really, really satisfying to kill an opponent with their own minion. Um, yeah, so this deck kind of, after the after the latest round of nerfs, just suddenly hit. It wasn't like it was a brand new deck, but it had been, I think, held down a little bit by, uh, you know, like we saw a lot of aggression and mid-range get tamped down a little bit by the latest round of nerfs. And you know, a move into these kind of combo Megathune-style slower decks. And what this deck does is just punishes the other slower decks, right? It just... It's like, sure, we can both be slow. That's fine. Uh, it's just, if I get a minion to stick, you are dead. Yeah. And, uh, and, it, and, and, and it just doesn't let aggressive decks through for the most part. No. Like, yeah, yeah. If there is an aggressive deck, you're like, oh, that's that's cute. <laughs> oh, look at your little three attack minions. This is adorable. I've got 12 health on this one minion. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, so infrared just brought up in chat. It's yeah, Hunter's Mark and Equality. So Equality's just like gone. Uh, I don't I played against a paladin today that definitely still had at least one equality. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's but it super was like rare these like, days. Well, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a cool deck actually, and I ended up beating him with his own thing because of Shadow Madness and then mm-hmm. killing him off. But it was the the like a the tiger deck, like the spirit, where you cast the spells and then get the tiger of the same. I can't remember what it's called. The 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 uh this yeah this, the paladin spirit. I yeah, don't remember either, but I just know I love beating dudes with their own things. Yeah, so I just like shadow madnessed it and then topsy turvied it and then it was in my res pool and then I just kept making a whole bunch of tigers and it was great and the paladin was like, hey, that's my thing and I was like, too bad, it's mine now. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so equality's still out there in this like one dude's <laughs> playing his spirit tiger deck. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've seen some I've seen some weird things too. I'm obviously Googling in the background trying to remember what the hell this car is called this card is called. Yeah, Howl Fiend. I went up against a, a warlock that dropped a Howl Fiend today that was in their deck. It wasn't like a random find, and they actually got rid of my inner fire, and I was like, no, wait a minute, I haven't dropped I haven't uh, actually drawn Topsy Turvy yet. I can still win this game. Mm-hmm. So it was fine. Yeah, Topsy Turvy is another thing that's kind of made these uh, priest combo decks because obviously, like the the win condition of this deck is very much like your uh, divine spirit inner fire. But because of Geist, you know, the addition of Topsy Turvy is actually really, really great because you can't get Geisted anymore. Like you have that extra piece of tech in your deck that allows you to still do the flip without having to use your inner fire. Have we got Dills back now? Uh, yes, apparently. And now he is you and you are him and I am fixing the overlay for the video. (laughs) Yeah, no, the, that was actually one of the things I was going to bring up is the, uh, cause I, I played a version of this divine spirit inner fire thing in wild. And I got geisted like three or four times in a row. I was like, I'm putting in a single topsy turvy because I'm sick of this happening. Uh, but that, that's a super smart little tech choice. Cannot geist the way a topsy turvy. Yeah. And you know what I found out by the way, too, even if you, uh, Emperor Thorison, a one cost spell, it still gets geisted. Interesting. Yeah. I was playing, I was playing the inner fire thing and I started playing that card and it got rid of my divine spirits. And I was like, wait a minute, they don't cost one anymore. Uh, but yeah, so. So it's, it's whatever they're, in, they are inherently. Yeah. It's just, I guess it, it doesn't, I don't know what the text on the card says but that's well, well let me make the argument that it's fair because you are also like playing bears that sometimes don't have all the health in the world but when you resurrect them they sure as hell do it's just fair, sure, sure, it's, sure. it's the yeah. circle of hearthstone life and it moves us all <laughs> so there's a couple of interesting things about this deck i found that it's very hard to tech like it's it's pretty core everything that's in it um the couple of cards that you could remove would be things like the divine hymn and stuff. But like outside of that, it's really hard to find things to take out. Right. Um, yeah, And even the then, things- like divine hymn has won me games because they didn't yeah. remove my stuff, but they haven't died and gone to my res pool. I'm like, if I could just get more health on this damaged ogre, I could end the game. And divine hymn gives me that out sometimes. Or draw multiple cards with the Northshire cleric, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, um, it's got a lot or not die to aggro decks or burst decks. Like <laughs> yes. there's a lot of uses to the card, but it's, you know, the only things I really seem teched in are things like, you know, like, you know, when you look at HS replay and then you look at similar decks and there's always, they changed like three or four cards and all these different versions. This one, you only ever see people changing one card and it's usually like throw in a pain, throw in a second master spell, um, throw in a death, something like that. 
So I found this deck is kind of core. I was really trying to find other versions of it. And every time I did, I was like, no, this this 30 card deck is the best version of it that there is, I think. Yeah, which would be uh, interesting in the new format. It's like, or what if I don't yeah. want to change my deck? Can I just have three of the exact same deck? I mean, you could if you, you want could. to. It does yeah. say up to five, and you also are never forced to switch away from your primary deck. So Yeah, but this would probably be a bad choice for that format because you won't have the ability to You don't have any flexibility, yeah. Is it, yeah, though? Because let's go over to the matchup screen. There's so much green. There's a lot of green. So you also do see, though, that there's two specific decks where uh, the matchup is horrible. Yes, Joseph uh, H. wrote in on our uh, on our Patreon and said that Malagos Rogue <laughs> is a hard, all caps, counter to this deck. Uh, it felt like the deck was specifically made to counter Wall Priest while I was getting hit in the face with 11 damage Razor Petals. And you are not wrong. It is the second worst matchup uh, overall for known archetypes that are being tracked by HS Replay for this particular yeah. deck the worst being murloc mage however good oh, luck yeah. games, finding right? a murloc mage to fight against yeah. by the way i think uh next week's deck should be malagos rogue because i think malagos rogue is on the rise right now because of how much mechathune and wall priest and these really slow combo decks are because malagos rogue is actually the fastest combo deck out there right now um, That's good, and it, I really want to learn to play it and I want to get back into trying to level up my rogue again. There you go. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a really interesting deck and it also has some, uh, interesting tools now to like tutor out the specific cards you needed, which I think was always a thing holding back Malagos rogue. So <clears throat> it's kind of interesting. We can talk about this deck and then talk about its counter and then maybe we'll talk about Malagos rogues counter the week after. And, um, I like it. Yeah. We'll go. Well, uh, according to HS replay, almost everything, uh, it doesn't have a very good one. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a couple also interesting things about this deck that I want to bring up. If you if you can recognize that the other guy is playing a somewhat slow deck, you actually keep Oakheart in your opening hand. And that is crazy to think that. that a nine-cost card is supposed to be in your opening hand. But it's similar to like Xerix Cloning Gallery and Clone Priest where it's just I play that on nine, I insta-win the game, essentially. Can I make you an like, admission on the show? What's up? This is the deck that got me to craft Oakheart finally. Ooh, it's really satisfying, isn't it, to just check an Oakheart down and get like okay. a Zilliax. I'm not the uh, I'm not the biggest Druid fan in the world. And before he was really like mostly being abused in Druid, and I was like, eh, oh, the Dragon I'm, Druids. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like the same reason I didn't have Malagos until last year. Like it was just mm. I never liked Malagos decks, and it didn't feel it just didn't seem like a investment, a wise investment of dust for how like I like to play. Needed the game. to do it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you get like a Tar Creeper, uh, you get a Moshog Enforcer, and a Zilliax, like bang, and a 5-5, five five, right? And it's just like, that's ridiculous how much mana I just threw onto the board. Yep. Uh, and then if any of those things live, or you get a Witchwood Grizzly with full health, right? Like if any of those things live, you generally just win. And, doesn't, it, just, and it doesn't matter if they live. You have so, way, so many ways to bring them back. Yeah. Yeah, if they don't, then you've at least put them all in your death pool, mm-hmm. and now you spell stone them all back out on the board, so... I ha- yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I haven't I, 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 I haven't played a ton of games with this deck. I do I do like it, but um, it can end. It can certainly end quickly. But more often than not, my games go very long, and I, I'm there's a, a lot of tough turns too. You have to decide: is this the mass hysteria turn? Do I need to hold the screen back? You know, yes. The mulligan is fairly difficult in this deck because how much defensive stuff do I need to keep? How much defensive stuff do I need to look for? How fast do I need to be going? Also, there's games where you draw master or you uh, draw your Moshagon forces and you feel real bad. 
because you don't get to check them out there for free. Um, but it's, I think, I think it's more skill testing than people give it credit for. But I like decks where throughout the game you've got a decision to make almost every turn. Uh, like, do I shadow? Do I uh, like just shadow essence on friggin' or shadow visions on two? Just because I know that these are the types of cards I'm gonna look for, right? Divine Spirit is obviously uh, a big one, but like, do I need the topsy turvy inner fire more than Divine Spirit right now? I don't know. Uh, there's just a lot of like interesting decisions. When I first played this deck, by the way, after the nerfs happened, I went 14 and one or something like that on stream with it. Wow. It was like it just hit at the right moment. It was like I just I don't know why I chose it that day, but I was like, oh yeah, this deck. I remember wanting to try this and maybe it's good now and it just was crushing so yeah it's it's a really you're right though slow but with a high win rate slow don't feel so slow <laughs> yeah yeah and it can still win like you said on turn seven it's, it's very possible yeah. because of the amount of damage you can put out uh you know if your opponent doesn't have answers i i, I also want to mention that the mirror match oh that is sweat inducing it gets weird you're yeah, just sitting there because and more often than not, you're both going to have enough answers to each other that you're just sitting there going, I'm sitting on my combo. I bet you're sitting on yours. Who's going to pull the trigger first? And it's just it's just it's kind of it's kind of terrifying. Um, you also can't play your Moshogs safely because of Shadow Madness. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I put my Moshog down. They're like, sweet. Thanks, man. I needed one of those. And then they <laughs> uh, by the way, I will point out a couple of uh, interesting things here. So the. Megathun, if you can figure out that you're playing a Megathun deck, Shadow Visions is for screams. Many, many screams. Get all the screams you can. And then, like, right before they're about to go off, you just scream minions back into their deck. Um, also, it's really tricky sometimes when it's the Megathun Warlock because you want to, like, kill the Void Lord, then scream it, like, in the 1-3s and stuff like that. But then... Sometimes you want to just leave the Void Lord not dead so you can Shadow Madness kill him with their own Void Lord. Like it all gets very hairy and weird, and you just you have to kind of play it by ear. But uh, yeah, Scream is super, super important. And then the other thing I'm going to say is sometimes you're like, I can't get this minion through. But what you do is you like double Divine Spirit, Inner Fire it, and then Mass Hysteria the board. And then usually your giant like fifty eight fifty eight will be the one standing at the end, and then you can get lethal. So I've done that several that's times. That's very now. cool. That's that's not a combo that I would have ever thought to do. Yeah, I mean, you just your guy is the most big guy on the board, and after yeah. all the mass hysteria stuff happens, usually they're left standing. So mm -hmm. even if everyone attacks them, it's usually still not enough to kill. Just them, so. don't topsy turvy it. <laughs> don't topsy turvy. Yeah, yeah better be in your fire because yeah, you don't want to. But like you don't want a low two, health dude. Yeah, two divine spirits and one inner fire is five mana, and then mass hysteria, and then usually everything starts running into each other. And at the end, it's kind of like a brawl that you always win, right? And then your guy just gets through. I've yeah. done it several times now, and it's so freaking cool every time. Yeah, a wise man once said, uh, "In you know, if you have the the biggest minion that wins, then you know." But you know that the one that lived probably had like a bigger, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Yep. It's the true yep. big D brawl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes. yeah, that's another like like killing people with their own minions, shadow uh shadow man is so satisfying. The the uh, mass hysteria play is so satisfying. This deck has some plays where you feel you feel real smart, even though technically like it's not that crazy of a play. Yeah. Once you do it, you're like, oh, most of the time this is gonna work, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
95 <laughs> percent of the time it works every time exactly yeah uh, so go check it out. We've got the uh, link to the deck list in the show notes. Uh, it's, as Dills, you already mentioned, it doesn't really change. If you go to HS Replay, if you go to whatever your favorite Hearthstone deck website is, you're probably going to find something very similar, if not the exact same list that we're talking about here. But yeah, uh, I think as I already mentioned on a previous episode, like when I am just, I, I give up and I'm ready, like, cool, I'm just going to embrace this greedy meta. This is my favorite deck at the moment. If I want It works, man. It works. Uh, so also, by the way, patrons, uh, we will be posting next week's Malagos list uh, in our Patreon, patreon.com slash TAC. Yes. And, and in our Discord. Yes, exactly. Uh, and while we're on that subject, before we move into emails, we do want to thank those of you supporting us over at patreon.com slash TAC, uh, because that's how this is part of what we do for a living thank you for the support everyone uh and if you like the anger chicken if you feel that you get something of value from this show and you want to give something back in return the patreon is the best way to do that whether it's a dollar or a lot more uh every little bit helps so we thank you for it and some of our newer patrons we'd like to thank nathan s jesse wt and richard d thank you for the support everybody uh, and check it out. Patreon.com slash TAC for deck lists for the following week's strategy segment. You can drop questions there that are specific to the deck, or you can also uh, get access to the patron discord where you can ask us questions on there as well. Speaking of which, let's take a question and move into the last segment of the week. Hello. Hello. It's me. Hello. Um, just quickly, do you get my message? Yep. Oh. Hello. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at Infrarogue in the chat room who says, I call this deck Big Butt Boys. There's some serious health on the minions. Hey, Dills, you want to know what I call my wall priest? Oh, he's not in the room anymore, is he? Yeah, I don't think so. Damn, I just yelled into the mic for, any, for, for no reason. I think I made this joke already. Do you know what I call my big wall priest? What do you call your big wall priest? Trump can't build it. <laughs> send your emails to tacpodcast at gmail.com or if you're a patron drop us a question in the discord that's exactly what by near by near by near is what i'm gonna say uh did this week dropped it in the patron discord and said i mainly play meta decks but occasionally i get grand ideas and try and create my own deck recently after hitting rank 10 and being inspired by wall priest i decided to see if i could make either odd priest or even priest work i have won some games with both decks but needless to say i haven't clucked the meta and the win rates are sub 50 percent my question is how do i get better at deck building I know what the win condition and basic strategy is for these decks. They are just variants on Wall Priest. But what approaches do you use to improve and refine a deck once you have a basic idea? Well, first off, maybe Wall Priest just isn't the best deck to be trying variations with because it is, yeah, as mentioned. I was just going to say, like, you'd have to do Divine Spirit Topsy Turvy if you were going to do that with Moshagan Forces, but then you lose Oakheart, you lose Richwood Grizzly, you lose so many things um i don't think that's a good plan to go if i were to do odd or or even priest i think i would just do so with even priest i would do like um uh minions that get a lot of value trades in that i can then use my one mana hero power to you know keep alive right while i keep taking like sweet value trades and stuff and I'll just kind of try to snowball things, almost like you're playing a you're playing um, a spiteful priest for back in the day. Where, but now you have a one man hero power, which allows you to kind of get those things in. So 
you I can, miss Spiteful Priest. Man, that deck I was played so it in wild the other day. It was actually pr- still pretty good. Um, but it, you just you needed the wild cards to make it good. Like mm-hmm. you needed the the dragon package, and then you needed yeah. uh, what you call it, five mana five, dragon and operative and stuff. Can, so, can someone please send me Charlie Day yelling wild card so I can add it to my sound? <laughs> we probably do need that. Um, right? Every time how how has that not come up before? Yeah. I've thought about it at least three times on this episode. But um, I think the uh, odd version, right? Because the odd version, you get the four mana heal. Um, you would want to like play things like um, Injured Blade Master and things like that, where you could then just like utilize these big heals on giant budded minions. Uh, you could still play like big booty boys. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, I always call the big booty priest anyway. So yeah, <laughs> it's um, but yeah, you can you can do some interesting stuff there. You also have don't you have the there's the glitter moth or something right in priest? That's like an odd there's cost. There's a card I haven't thought of in a very long time. <laughs> they have one specific like odd cost minion, <laughs> um, and I can't remember exactly what it does, but it. Did something. It like added like I'm, having, I'm looking it up right now. So it's a it's a five mana four four. The battle cry reads: If your deck has only odd cost cards, double the health of your other minions. Yeah, but that's a battle cry to double the health of minions on the board, right? It's not like yeah. a double minion just on the deck. board. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, and then you can play inner fire and in that, and try to just get big booties on the board, and then you you don't get divine spirit though, which is yeah tough so you have to use your glitter moths to do it and they have to already be on the board it seems difficult so i don't know i, oh, but I think you would I, have topsy turvies right you wouldn't have inner fires you could only use topsy. inner fires yeah yeah yeah, yeah uh, i mean you'd be super weak to getting geisted so yeah yeah i mean I, I would say first off definitely use a deck tracker just overall if you're trying your own decks um the, the, the challenge you run into is you need to play a decent enough game so actually get stats so you can see things like <laughs> what your mulligan win rate is for certain cards well, yeah yeah, yeah. you gotta right? look at like you have to play enough games and not just make changes like oh i lost that game therefore this card is bad mm-hmm. so i think yeah you have to have a, a fairly good sample size before you actually decide i don't need this card or this card would be better and whatever i think actually hs replay doesn't even give you those stats until you have like 10 or 15 games or something mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You can look at my own personal stats with a with a deck, which is but, a. I mean, that's an achievable number, but that's mm-hmm. that's you know, that's a day's worth of Hearthstone uh, yep. to to get some some data on your on your homebrew deck, and you you might lose all of them. I mean, there's a good chance that the deck just might not work. Um, so uh, the other thing that I will say though, he because he asked about how can I improve my deck building. Like sometimes a concept just doesn't work mm. in the meta, so it's not necessarily always your deck building. Like sometimes. Like you're picking something very specific that nobody else is really doing. And I definitely do this too. Like I try stuff out that's, you know, this is a concept. I see that there's synergy here and blah, blah, blah. And I try to go for it. And then I just go for a certain amount of time. This this just isn't as strong as what other people are doing. Right. But that's like other people it are never will be that. like hang yeah. on to it. And maybe with the rotation or whatever, like if you've got a cool idea then, mm-hmm. or maybe try a different format. Go over to Wild, see if the the pieces that you need are there. Yeah, I remember there was a there was a small period where I went something like twenty one and four with my milkshake deck in Wild. It was just like I just hit the right meta for it at the right time, and normally it's just really hard to win with that deck. But everybody was playing really slow, greedy stuff, and I was like, I'm slower and greedier, so I win. Uh, and yeah, it's like there's cycles to Hearthstone and metas, so 
a thing that might not work today might work tomorrow. But uh, you definitely do have to like pay attention to cards. You can make changes based on feel if you notice in three or four games, whenever you drew that card, it felt like a dead card in your hand and things like mm-hmm. that. Pay attention to those types of things. Pay attention to the cards that felt really useful, did a lot of work, uh, and you know, make sure you like keep those and maybe look for cards that double down on that effect, that kind of thing. Um, but you really need to like not be hard on yourself about deck building when you're trying really, really off-brand, off-meta stuff. Like yeah, sometimes I mean, it's just, just so that's many, not going to work. There's so many things you have to keep in mind. I mean, I think the easiest way to start is just think, of, do, you, do you build decks on day one when a new expansion comes out or after a standard rotation? Because we're all doing more or less the same thing. You want to make sure you have a curve. You want to, you know, make sure it can be, uh, just start with consistency in mind at, at the very mm-hmm. least. Um, but if you're doing it now in the middle of an established meta, you need to keep that meta in mind. You, you need to think about what are you going to be going up against and how will this match up against that? You know, are you going to be able to survive to do the cool thing that you're trying to do, especially if you're building a combo deck? Uh, now is probably the best meta to try that in, at least. You want to get greedy. Now is the time to at least play around with it. But there, there's, just, there's so many extraneous concepts that you have to wrap your brain around uh, at all times that uh, it, is, it is a challenging, <laughs> it's a challenging task. Which is, yeah, you know, we also are in a period of time where there's a lot of people playing solitaire, mm-hmm. uh, which I am hopeful that it changes because I'm not a big fan of this many solitaire style decks. Like, I, I don't mind a combo deck that just wants to draw a lot, but we've got all these Megathune decks. We've got the Hakar stuff and the Togwaggle stuff. We've got a lot of decks that are just like, I'm doing my thing and you do whatever you're doing. And uh, if you don't have a win condition against those decks, which right now is tough. We don't have Dirty Rat. We don't yeah. have, you know, these types of disruption tools that we used to have. So it's, yeah, like sometimes you're just going to run into a meta like this where you're like, I could odd priest all day long, but this guy's just sitting here drawing through his whole deck with a gadget with a single auctioneer. What am I supposed to do against that? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, this is an interesting meta to, to be tooling around with. You need mm-hmm. a way to kill the guy. Yeah, how, how are you killing them if you're playing even priest? I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's good things to keep in mind. But uh, but best of luck, and that's kind of also what I'm I'm hoping gets highlighted a little bit more in this new format that we're getting is is deck building because there's going to be a conversation around what they took out, what they put in. So I hope mm-hmm. it, it puts deck building a little bit more in the public consciousness. Uh, Infrared brought up Firebats Deck Doctor series, um, which I do watch a lot. It's very good. Try to submit to that because he does it, yeah, like I think once a week or something like that. And he sits there and he tinkers for like an hour with Mm -hmm. whatever weird, stupid idea you came up with. So, yeah, give that a go. I, yeah, I will say though, like, don't stop trying out weird stuff, man. That's the funnest way to play Hearthstone, in my opinion, is like come up with some weird concept and really try to, you know, flesh it out. It's, it's really fun. If, if Dill's Twitch channel had a subtitle, it would be Get Weird. Sure. Oh, yeah. I'm always down to play some crazy. Like it's really frustrating for me when I'm looking for ladder results, though, because I can't help myself. Right? I get like <laughs> I get to like rank two, and then I'm like, you know what? I should be playing. And then all of a sudden, oh yeah, now I'm back at rank. You're five. that That's meme of the guy riding his bike, and then he sticks the stick in between his own spokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, whoops. <laughs> you're just yeah. riding but, along. But I always have a blast doing it, and then it's just like I'm having a blast for about five games, and then once I lose like the sixth in a row, then all of a sudden I'm like, this isn't as fun as I thought it would be. <laughs> yep. The only difference is in that particular meme with Dills, it's a particularly thick milksh- milkshake that he shoves in between. Yeah, yeah. I just, 
I just douse my own face in milkshake and run right into a wall. There you yeah. go. That's it. And then you just go, damn it, Blizzard. <laughs> I, I think my milkshake version right now is actually fairly decent, though, because there is so much greed. And it has the ability to beat aggro because of, uh, you know, Mass Hysteria is a good card, man. Oh, my God. That works on multiple levels. Somebody please illustrate Dills with, like, a, 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 an actual branded Blizzard. Uh doing that oh that like means. a dairy queen blizzard yeah, yeah not sponsored <laughs> Man, by the way but dairy queen we're, we're blizzard blizzard we're open yeah, yeah, yeah we're open contact us dairy queen i like blizzards my favorite by the way for that is when you do oreo and reese's peanut butter cups oh, whoa wait God. what you can and whoa. those things whoa. oh yeah you can and those things <laughs> <You can laughs> it's the improv of ice cream jocelyn you can yes <laughs> and up and down the board do you not have dairy queens in uh oh, we have dairy queens but oh, yeah. i always follow the menu rules no so. hell no just be like i want one with oreos <laughs> Yeah, because they just grind it up for you. Whoa. Oreos wow. and Reese's I got to go. <laughs> I, I have things to Try do. Try that out. It's insane. <laughs> I'm needed. It's just a Jocelyn signal is lit in the, <laughs> in the sky. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for the question. Binar. I don't know why I'm struggling. I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ben. I'm going to just call you Ben. Binar. Sure. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Anyways, uh, keep writing in tackpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a question in the patron discord. If you are a patron, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thanks again. If you are supporting us and if you'd like to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash TAC. While we're uh, thanking our patrons, we'd also thank to, uh, like to thank our producers, Declan H and Sean C. Thank you for the support. If you want to catch the whole back catalog of episodes, there's a couple places you can do it. You can go to amove.tv or you can go to the YouTube, youtube.com slash amove.tv and look at our beautiful smiling faces. Unless we're talking about the lack of tor- tournament mode and then you'll see us turn very red and scowl. I'm over it. I'm just numb at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dills, when you're not doing the Angry Chicken, where can everybody find you, man? Uh, check me out on Twitter at willydills, twitch.tv slash willydills where you can find my Twitch stream. Tonight I'll be Streaming some Wild Hearthstone. I'm at, I think, rank two or three. So I'm going to see if I can make a push. And also, we're going to be making, uh, I'm, I'm testing out some new cocktail ideas because I will be at South by So Wasted uh, <laughs> on March 9th. Uh, it's going to be uh, Night Attack plus many special guests. And I will be one of those special guests in attendance. And I'm, I think one of my things is going to be somehow cocktail related. So I'm trying things out. So come join me tonight. I'll be making Orange Whips on stream if you've never had an orange whip it's like a it's like a orange creamsicle with alcohol in Or- a glass orange whip orange whip yeah. orange whip sounds delicious oh yeah <laughs> i uh i'm gonna be making a banana rack tonight apparently oh banana rack my friends okay, are coming I gotta, over i gotta know more about this with their banana infused awesomeness and we're gonna make a banana daiquiri and i am excited Ooh, uh joss where can everybody find you Hi, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at Joss Plays. Uh, I have been streaming our WoW raids on Tuesdays and Sundays. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to make it tonight, but I'm feeling pretty rough right now. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, again, that's Twitch, J-O-C-E Plays. Awesome. I'm on Twitter at Garrett Art. Uh, all the podcasts are at amove.tv. I have a new one about Apex Legends called Enter the Apex. Uh, if it sounds like Into the Nexus, that's intentional. I'm doing it with Kyle. Uh, so go subscribe. It is everywhere. I even put it on Stitcher. I What? can't wait to see how long until it breaks. Get and out. people complain to me. And I go, I have no control over it. This is how Stitcher runs their business. 
but anyways, yeah, it's everywhere. Um, also, if the banana rack sounds cool to you, you should go check out R2T2 because uh, while we're making it, we're also going to maybe record a podcast about it. So go and check out R2T2, my solo podcast. Well, sometimes solo. Katie's been on it a lot lately. And we've just been talking a lot of cocktails. So go check that out. That's well, you guys are one person, right? Exactly. Yeah, we're, you know, a celebrity power couple. The, the union <laughs> of marriage, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, would it be Carrot or, or Gaty? Yeah, basically, you guys are both I half like people carrot. now. I like Carrot with a K. because it's. You guys are both officially half people. So this is a two-man podcast. Are you saying we're officially yeah. half people? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're both married. <laughs> so it's. Uh, well, it's just it, it wouldn't be. I was thinking it's like two and a half men. It'd just be two people. It'd be two, two, two yeah, people. Two people. We're just two people. Okay. So <laughs> in, in Dill's world, married people are worth half. We're gonna do the double-headed chicken next time we do that stream. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Every time they get to that part in a, in a wedding, I'm always like, I, I'm always like, I'm offended for the people up there getting married because I think. They're not, it's not a union where they both become one. No, they're still two people. They always freaking say that. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Like, I didn't object to these two marry, marrying each other, but I do object to the terminology you're using now. I was, <laughs> I was threatened uh, by the bride at the last wedding I went to to not say anything during that particular point in the wedding. Were you concerned that Garrett was going to pipe up during that? <laughs> well, she didn't threaten me specifically. To Garrett. Okay. <laughs> I said nobody better say anything. Ah, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, did you have anything to do that point? it just felt like the silence was going on forever, and I'm like, I can't take this. Oh, do they really just like no, have just a called- minute and give you a moment to <laughs> a consider? A moment of silence, yeah. <laughs> like, usually they kind of gloss over, right? If you yeah. say your forever say your piece. Oh no, she. Our I, I like, think it was maybe. like maybe a three count, but I, as someone who has gotten married, it felt really long. Yeah. As someone who's gotten married, I will say it feels like forever when you're up there. Yeah, your your version of events that day is way different than everybody <laughs> everyone else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it was just like Jocelyn's head just moved on the swivel, just turns around, gets wide eyed, and like none of you better <laughs> say like a thing. Down. <laughs> it was great. It was hilarious. Um, great wedding yeah i never know how to deal with emotional moments so i just use humor <laughs> it, there are way worse ways uh to to smooth things out than using humor uh anyways that's gonna wrap it up for this episode thank you all for tuning in we will be back next week maybe we'll be talking about the next standard rotation we'll find out on episode 304 but until then job's done job's done job's done yes done. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. 